Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, may I have your attention, please? Are you ready to engage in a mind-blowing experience and hear talks about life, technology, entertainment, and business? The next episode of Hip to Talks starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Hi everyone, Zoltan here from Hipster Talks. Welcome back. Uh, we have another special guest, uh, as we usually do every week. Today is uh, uh, we are talking to Alan Owning Hansen, uh, CEO at Sego. Uh, before we dive into the question, Alan, just let us know your background because it's quite long in the industry. And what does Sego stand for? Excellent. Thanks a lot, Sultan, and, and really appreciate being a part of your podcast here. So, <clears throat> first of all, uh, uh, I joined the industry like seven uh, seven years ago, uh, and was with the Danske Spill, which is the national gambling operator in Denmark, for a number of years as a CEO. And there we had the fortunate opportunity to acquire uh, some of the shares in Sego. And after a number of years with an ownership uh, in Danske Spill, it was sold back to the original founders um, and an equity fund, which is then the owners today. And I resigned with Danske Spill a couple of years ago and started a new career, but we're so fortunate to be offered a board position in Sego. And as of this summer, or that would be last summer, summer 2021, uh, I was offered the CEO position. So I've, I feel very lucky that I'm now an internal part of the organization. Congratulations for that. Yeah, we don't know which year we are in either way. So, no. <laughs> what does Sego stand for? Actually, it stands for Casual Entertainment Gaming Online, and and the way uh, an entertainment uh, product offering. You know these common uh, uh, board games like uh, backgammon, or you would play Yahtzee, or, or or other items like that, or games like that. Uh, that was the way it was originally founded or funded by uh, advertising, commercials, etc. And they were very successful in offering uh, casual entertainment uh, back then. And then after a number of years, uh, to be more specific, in, in 2012, the Danish market was uh, liberalized. And yeah. then they said, okay, we are really strong within casual gaming. Uh, Let's take that and become more commercial. Let's do an online casino focusing on casual gaming. And that's what was done in 2012. And then really quickly uh, because Sego had a tremendous success uh, already right after the liberalization of the market. Uh, and their focus from the beginning was to say, Let's have casual entertainment built into online casinos. So we like to say, and we are very proud of that, that we are the pioneers of casual gaming. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> okay, so uh, why do you believe uh, low stakes, uh, long playing sessions uh, will appeal to players? Because I think that's your strong point. That's absolutely correct. And and I think, you know, this is something that's relevant, not only in Denmark, where we originally came out of. Uh, now we operate both in Denmark and Sweden with the uh, Lukost and then in, in, launched in, in uh, Q4 2021 with, uh, with Happy Tiger in the UK. 
and and we believe you know the products that we have you know they need to they compete uh, with a lot of other items than just online casino right so this is all about the share of wallet and if we can offer products where you can have a lot of entertainment uh, where you can accommodate the fact that a lot of players they are not very patient uh, yeah. they can easily spend a lot of money very quickly in this in in our case you you can bet as low as uh, as three uh, ten cents oh nice and then actually yeah you know the maximum the lowest bet on our slots is is ten cents and the maximum bet is like three pounds so so it, so it's a very different from the traditional casino model um and if you can have that then you can you can have a lot of play time for very low costs and and that's why i think you know this has been very successful in denmark and we also we also see a good progression in both uh, sweden and now very early stage in in the uk um and, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, no. I just wanted to say that's very interesting because, uh, uh, as the tradition goes, that the Danish players are the most uh, valuable players because they they wager the most uh, in the industry. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I would say uh, that that might be a bit of an exaggeration. Of course, the, the Danish market is also an interesting market, but I would say you can find a lot of other markets as well where where bets or a bet per capita is a lot higher than we see in uh, in Denmark, God. and I think you know we I, I think we have found a, a sweet spot you know focusing on casual gaming, yeah. uh, and and it uh, in Denmark you can say we are amongst the the top five largest uh, operators, nice. uh, and at the same time you know you could always discuss okay these are low bets uh, are you then profitable what about retention etc etc and what what we actually see is like. 10% of the players that started with us back in 2012 are still players with us. And uh, uh, amongst the most profitable players, not only in Denmark, but in the industry as a whole. Uh, so I, I, I believe that there's a strong position for casual gaming. And I believe that the market as a whole for way too many years has been focusing on VIP players. And you also see a trend now towards more casual gaming but I see a lot of our peers out there talking about it, but not doing so much about it. Yeah, so it's I think for you guys is the is the perfect uh, example of player lifetime value because we had we had a podcast with one of the with, with other levels uh, where we talked about uh, player engagement and how uh, new markets are approaching it wrong because they are only offering the the, the welcome bonuses and not thinking about having a, a longer uh, experience with that player, a longer relationship. But in this, in your case, this, this is a success story, especially since you have players that have been with you for 10 years. So we, I would say uh, we, we, are, we are humble about it. We come from the northern part of Jutland. We don't brag too much, but we are <laughs> humble about it. But you should but also, <laughs> still also acknowledge that, you know, we, we have found something that the players they, they really want and that's you know, good. we rather want to have you know a thousand players playing for 10 pounds than uh, than 10 uh, players playing for a thousand pounds right yeah exactly so, uh, you know it's about it's about sustainability in the long run both for the players and for us as a company yeah especially most probably those players are becoming brand ambassadors because they are telling about the your product for their friends so if they enjoy everything yeah. 
you're you're spot on here, Slotson, because uh, what we see is the way that our commercials work in in Denmark is we we do testimonials, and those testimonials are as opposed to what many people believe, not mm-hmm. actors. They are real players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, we 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 have a lot of players actually, you know, uh, having a lot of fun and uh, you know. Uh, having a healthy relationship with gambling and that's what we want to focus on so uh, in-house content makes up the majority of your game portfolio right that's true yes so there are obviously finance benefits but are there any concerns uh, uh, your portfolio will not be as diverse to operators of course, you could you you can say that more than eighty percent of our GGR today comes from our in-house developed product portfolio, and what we develop is online slot machines and and our bingo product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our bingo product it was only launched uh, two years ago, but now constitutes more than than ten percent of of our GGR in Denmark. And and the reason is you know. These products, or bingo, if we start with that, is a spot-on casual product, and it kind of uh, it kind of proves, you know, that that the product portfolio we have within very short reach was was uh, attractive uh, to our current customer base and to new customers, attracting a lot of new customers cont- continuously. What we also see is uh, in the UK and the Swedish market, our bingo product is extremely popular. Uh, there we are talking more than 30% of GGR actually coming from our bingo. Oh, nice. um, so I would say, yes, our product portfolio is also interesting uh, from an international perspective. Could also be, you know, that we have to get used to, you know, a broader range of products uh, internationally uh, because we also have to accommodate the markets with whatever they request. But I would say already now our own product portfolio has, uh, has proven successful. So we are again humble about it, but also proud to see what we have uh, seen so far. That's good. <laughs> and, and, uh... and our, yeah, and and our approach in general is because we own what we on a daily basis call the full value chain. We have developed our own platform, we have developed our own games, but we also offer third-party games. Yeah, that's great. Uh, our, our approach is, you know, rather go a bit slow to go fast. Uh, and with that, I mean, you know, we'd rather, you, you know, get the insights. We own all data ourselves because we have developed everything ourselves. We own all data. Uh, we rather want to, you know, capture those data, tweak, you know, understand, learn, tweak everything we can on our engine, on our platform, on our games. And then, you know, make those tweaks, have, see how that is being received by our players, and then do more tweaks. We could easily burn a lot of millions got it yeah okay so are your slots created for players specifically in the target markets or do they also have an international appeal uh so so the way we originally started was to say what does a slot machine look like physically and then let's do that online very very simple back in <laughs> 2012. uh but so take the mechanisms from that slot machine that everyone knows and then bring it online. Yeah. Uh, what, we are, what we are then doing is to take the best of the physical world and the online world uh, and create, we also created a, a social forum where, where you have chats, where people can, can, can chat with each other, 
uh, you know, what they see online is what they've been used to see offline. I would say, yes, we are definitely uh, prepared uh, also for the international expansion. And our uh, big advantage here is that we can adapt and we can make changes very, very quickly because we own the full value chain. Um, of course, one thing is the product offering that we have. That That's clearly, that that's an important part. But it's also the ability to capture and, and activate and not least reactivate the players. The way that you communicate in eyesight with the players is very important. The campaigns that we do are very important. The customer journey is very important. And we monitor all of that continuously. And again, as I said, owing all data, owing the full value chain, that makes us able to do all of those changes really, really quickly. I would say, you know, creating excitement, you know, giving the players the excitement that they want, listening to our players, and we have the opportunity to do that because we are in dialogue with our players, is a really, really important feature for us. Uh, and that's also going back to what I said before, the testimonials that we do, that's a really important learning for us because we are in dialogues with the players, because they are our brand ambassadors. And, you know, listening to the players is one thing, capturing data is another thing, but combining those two things is unique. That's very important. <laughs> that, is, that, that is very important, definitely. And it, all, it usually makes up for the, uh, for the, the, the greatness of a product. <laughs> uh, Clearly, and, and of course, you have, to be, uh, you have to listen to the players in many different ways, right? Because the players also don't always know what they want. But yeah, data capturing can support understanding uh, what they actually what they actually want. All right, and so then, yeah, go ahead. And then, then what we always, you know, and I think that's important from an international perspective and international appeal as well. That's coming back to the casual, you know, having your own product product portfolio with bets ranging from ten cents to three pounds. That's also a part of the responsibility uh, that that we have as an online player, uh, and that's what we want to keep keep engineering keep making sure that we are responsible in our approach okay so you mentioned that uh, denmark you are active in denmark in sweden uh, legislations that have quite a lot of changes <laughs> yeah. one yeah. month to the other and uh, yeah. <laughs> one one question came to uh, came up that uh, how how can operators uh, adapt to the legislation change with your product I think uh, a very, very good question. Uh, I think, you know, coming from where we are, we we uh, we only work in regulated markets. Uh, and that's important for us. We only focus on regulated markets. Um, what we see is, you know, of course, it's always a challenge when something needs to be implemented pretty quickly. But it's on the other hand, it's one of our advantages. Again, coming back to the fact that we own the full value chain. We can easily adapt to new legislation. We are not dependent to the same extent as others that don't own their own platform and don't own their own games. Um, what, what I think is important here is, you know, we look at the world as our playing field and we look at regulation, you know, it's, it's basically, yeah, the, the world is our playing field as long as it's a regulated market, right? Yeah. And regulation <laughs> is here to, to stay forever. So we need to be constructive in the way that we work with the regulators. Um, we don't see regulation as a problem. Of course, it challenges us, but it's not a problem. We need to accommodate those challenges and then build it into the way that we work commercially. 
So whenever there is limitations, because that's most likely what we see, whenever we see limitations, we try to deal with it as any other commercial challenge and then to work with that and tweak that in a way where we, of course, are compliant, but where we at the same time can turn it into something that has commercial impact. Um, and, and I would say, of course, when we when we look at the industry as a whole, when it comes to KYC procedures, affordability checks, et cetera, et cetera, I think the industry as a whole are pretty fast at adapting uh, because we need to do that as well, else we get fined pretty heavily. <laughs> but But, you know, we are not pretty fast at working together with the operators and I would say we need to be better at uh, understanding the operators or, or understanding the legislators. The legislators need to be better at understanding the operators. And we actually, we actually really want to work with up with legislators across uh, the markets that we are in, because there are also often a lot of misunderstandings. And and my hope uh, for the future, and might be a very big hope, <laughs> is that you know we can eliminate some of those misunderstandings if we work closer together. Yeah, that's a good idea because we we have been talking about uh, many have always been pointing out the regulator uh, as yeah. the faulty person when restrictions are added, but it's usually the legislator that creates that, and the legislator is also submitted to politics. So basically, there's a a, a larger. <laughs> you, can, you can say no. I agree. You can say sometimes legislation is not always rational either. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's. The, <laughs> That's putting it delicately. <laughs> politics is a part of it, so so let that be said as well. I I fully understand, but you know we also uh, this industry has been running for many many years. Of course, in in the beginning, in a in a more physical world, yeah. then the online world came. But we were also the industry, I would say, not we because we focused on casual gaming. But the industry focus from the beginning was to take the VIP focus from the physical world and bring it into the online world. Yeah. And I think we also have to find a balance where we don't provoke, but we work together. Yeah, exactly. uh, and and, and uh, you know, having focused on the VIP segment in the industry for many, many years, is also, you know, you can always discuss, did, we, did, did the industry do that for too long? It's only a couple of years ago I've heard the ind industry players say, now we want to focus casual. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but maybe we still have to see that. Yeah. A lot of people talk about it. We do it. That's what we are proud of saying. Thank you, Alan. This has been a great chat. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you would like to say some parting words to the audience. I just want to say, you know, this is my first podcast. So please uh, apologize if, <laughs> if there's anything where you say. We did, not, did, we did not feel that. We did not feel that. It's like. It's not your first one. You are you are lying. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, it. thank you, and thank you everyone for joining us today. And uh, be sure to check back next week for uh, our next episode of the of the Hipter Talks podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining. Be sure to check back next week for the next Hipter Talks and subscribe on Amazon Music, Overcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Mixcloud, and Pandora.